Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. This Sunday is the first Sunday of the holy season of Lent. And the gospel comes from Matthew's account of Jesus being tempted in the desert. Now this is an important story for us. Remember what Paul wrote in Galatians. He says, it's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. The Gospels always invite us to participate in Jesus' life. Now, this is easy for us to do here in this Gospel story for today. In this story, we see that Jesus may have a moment of weakness in which he faces these temptations, just like we all do in our daily life. Therefore, we need to learn from Jesus here how he faces these temptations, and how he does battle with them. Now, this is a great theme for us, especially as we begin Lent, facing down all the demons that we may have in our life, all those things that draw us away from our devotion to the Lord. Now, remember the setting. Jesus was just baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River. The Holy Spirit was on display. We heard the voice of God the Father. We saw the Holy Spirit descend upon Jesus. Jesus, he knows his identity and he knows his mission. Well, at the moment of our baptism, we also received the gift of the Holy Trinity marked on our soul. And as we grew up through our parents, as well as through our church, we came to know our identity as Catholics and our mission, which is to live out our faith. Therefore, we are grafted onto Jesus Christ. We must then tend to this gospel very carefully because we face the same trials that Jesus did. The first temptation. It says, The tempster approached Jesus and said, 
If you are the Son of God, command these stones to be turned into loaves of bread. Now, we know that Jesus has been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. And I like that very keen understatement. It says he was hungry. Well, of course he was hungry. You know, most of us have a hard time with fasting. Most of us have had, you know, 12-hour fasts in which we had to have blood work done. And so, as soon as the lab is finished with drawing our blood, what do we do? Well, we go rocketing, you know, to the nearest restaurant or the fast food place in order to get some food because we're starving to death. We can only imagine what Jesus was feeling. Now, what really is the temptation for Jesus? To use his divine power to satisfy his desire for the things in this world. In this case, it would be food and drink. Translated into our terms, it's basically make the center of your life the satisfactions of the desires of this world for food or drink, entertainment, sports, work, whatever it may be. Now, to clarify, we are Catholics. We're not Puritans. You know, food, drink, entertainment, all those things are good in themselves. They're gifts given to us by God. We should enjoy them. You know, it reminds me of the saint. Wherever the Catholic sun does shine, there is music, laughter, and good red wine. And so, Catholics, we like the things of this world. But the ultimate desire in our life, the central desire in our life, should always be God. The desire for God is the foundation of our life. All other desires are under control of that central desire that we have for God. You could say, God is at the center of our life, and then all the other things of this world, they fall into harmony with God. They don't compete with Him. And yet, what's the great spiritual danger that all of us face from time to time? It's the great temptation to make all these superficial desires our central desire. You know, the things of this world have to satisfy us. That's the number one goal. Whether it's food or drink or entertainment, whatever it is. That's really the temptation. Notice Jesus' response. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by the word of God. What is he saying here? There's nothing wrong with the things of this world, but they shouldn't govern our lives. Rather, our dominant desire is always living out our faith. Lent now is the perfect time for us to take a long, hard look at our life and maybe ask the difficult question, to what degree is my life under control or dominated by the desires of this world that prevent me from living out my faith? Now, the second temptation, it said the devil took Jesus to Jerusalem and made him stand on the parapet, which is on the roof of the temple. He said, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. God will command the angels concerning you. Now, you could say, well, this isn't geared towards me. It's more geared towards Jesus. It's not likely that I will demand something spectacular from God. Now, what really is the temptation? To have Jesus make his ego more important Than God the Father, and more important than following the Father's will. He's being tempted essentially to manipulate God the Father. Now, what's really going on here? I would call it it's the great reversal. 
It's the very heart of sin. And I've preached about this for two weeks. It's moral relativism and why it is so dangerous now in our culture, in our country, and now seeping into our church. Moral relativism is one in which the person says, my desires and my life is the measure of my reality and not God. You see this clearly in the first reading. I would say in the first reading, it's a complete picture of what moral relativism really looks like. It's the fall of grace and really echoes this temptation. In that first reading for this weekend, God gives, it says, Adam and Eve free reign over the entire garden. They have complete control of the garden. There's one restriction. They cannot touch or eat the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, notice what the devil says to Adam and Eve. God doesn't want you to eat from that fruit because he's jealous of you. He knows if you eat from that fruit, you will become gods yourself, a competitor. Now, in that temptation, Adam and Eve are becoming the Lord of their life, such that they decide what is morally good and evil and not God. They live their life according to their will and not the will of God. See, that's moral relativism, and that's the heart of sin. Now, notice the devil when he says, throw yourself down. What is he really saying? Compel God to act. How often do we catch ourselves saying, you know, if I were God, I would do things differently, especially in a tragedy or in the loss of a loved one? We might say, you know, how could God allow that to happen? Well, we always have to remember the heart of the spiritual life is living out that great truth that we all know. And that is, my life is not about me. It's about me in relationship with God and living out that relationship, that faith, to the best of my abilities each and every day of my life. That's the heart of the spiritual life. What's the opposite? The heart of sin, in which the individual says, my life, yes, is all about me, all about my wants, my desires, my life, and my will. And everything and everyone is secondary or takes a back seat to me. The third temptation. It says, The devil took Jesus on a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the, of the world and said, All of these I will give you if you bow down and worship me. Now notice these temptations. It seems like they have a gradual progression to them. The first temptation is minor and yet still powerful. You know, it's the temptation for the desires of the world to be at the center of our life. The second temptation is moral relativism, to make ourselves God, in which we determine our own will, our own life, and what is morally good and evil rather than God. The third temptation is towards power, an absolute power. St. Augustine said, this sin is the libido dominante, the lust to dominate. Now, we clearly see this in world history. Individuals like Caesar, Napoleon, Hitler, we see it today in Putin. Now, when you study these figures, what's very interesting is all of these figures overcame the first two temptations. They weren't stuck on them. They didn't care about 
the things of this world, and they didn't care about moral relativism. Instead, they were seduced and dominated by that third temptation of power. They were ruthless in seizing power and even more ruthless in maintaining that power. And yet, we can always see that or those types of people maybe in our own little corner of the world. Maybe there's a domineering neighbor who lives on our block, who thinks he's the neighbor of the block, and nothing can be done or decided without his or her knowledge and decision or input. Or maybe at work, we have a very domineering boss who has to control everything that goes on in the office. Maybe we even see this in our own families, a person that is very controlling or domineering in all of the people in the family. Thomas Aquinas said, Seek the mission first, which is what? To do the will of God, to live out our faith. See, when we seek to live out our faith as the first thing in our life, power no longer becomes a temptation for us. It doesn't fit in with faith. Think of it. If we truly are living out our faith, we're living the virtuous life, aren't we? We're living by patience, prudence, kindness, charity, forgiveness. Power has nothing to do with the virtues. You know, in some ways, it's taking ice cream and putting ketchup on top of it. It just doesn't work. And so, friends, the gospel for this weekend is perfect as we begin Lent. We look at the temptations in our life, and then we pray. We pray that Jesus, as he is present in our life, will help us defeat those temptations, just like he did in the gospel for today. Whether they're temptations of worldly things, moral relativism, or even power. See, when those temptations become the center of our life, then they dominate our life, preventing us from truly being free to live out our faith. Lent is a time to engage those spiritual disciplines, prayer, mass, fasting, confessions, corporal and spiritual works of mercy, stations of the cross. In these spiritual disciplines, we not only resist the temptations in our life, but it's in that act of resistance that we become stronger in our faith. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.